1: Now, back to The Week That Was with Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480, WHBC.
0: I told you earlier, life expectancy in the United States declined again in 2017. In fact, it's the longest sustained decline since the years 1915 through 1918. And who is most susceptible to this? Much of it is due to the escalating drug and suicide crisis. The answer to that is men. The death rate among white males 38% higher than females, African Americans 49% higher than females, and Hispanics 46% higher than females. Why men? Today, I I think we're very fortunate. I have read this book. It is absolutely eye-opening. It is a great book. Dr. Warren Farrell, uh, a man who has been asked by the Obama administration to be on the Council of Women and Girls. He has been uh, three times selected to the board of the National Organization of Women Now. He has been frequently on places like Oprah, on shows like Oprah Today, Good Morning America, Featured on 2020, Forbes, People, Magazine, so much, and so on and so forth. And currently is uh, the chair of the commission to create a White House Council on Boys and Men. He has written a book called The Boy Crisis. Why are boys struggling and what can we do about it? Dr. Warren Farrell, thank you so much for being with us this morning.
1: I'm looking forward to talking with you.
0: Thank you so much. Dr. Farrell, let's, let's start by defining the boy crisis. And I guess I'm looking at it and saying, why not the man crisis, even though the two are related? Why this?
1: Yes, because um, I have found that um, when the United Nations did a study of how boys were doing all around the world and girls were doing, uh, they found that um, boys were falling behind girls in every single academic subject. In this, in all sixty-three of the largest developed nations, um, and especially falling behind in, re- in reading and writing, and those are the two biggest predictors of success. And so I started seeing what was what else was happening with boys, and started to see that well, boys were actually ahead of girls when it came to suicide um, deaths by over- drug overdose. Uh, when it came to being uh, in, in prison population, ninety-three percent of the prison population is male, and then I started looking a little bit, uh, and certainly in terms of homicides, and, um, and so it was one of the more than 70 different areas where any parent would have a nightmare about their children. You know, being suicidal or have, dying from drug overdoses or any number of other things. Uh, these were things that were happening. The nightmares were happening more to boys. And so, you know, with my all my emphasis on girls and women, I said, "Wait a minute, boys. You know, boys, uh, you know I, we what's missed the um, you know what's what's not on our radar here is what's happening to boys and men, and it's happening. And why is it happening all over the developed world, not the not the lesser less developed world in terms of gender gap, and." So, so I started looking at the developed world, in particular, all 63 of those countries, and saw that um, that, that boys were falling behind in um, their ability to focus on school, their their ability to be uh, post, have postponed gratification. And when I looked more closely into that, I saw that this was not true of all boys. What it, but it, what it was true is of boys who did ha, who had minimal father involvement or no. Father involvement, and I came to call this group of boys dad-deprived boys. So then I wanted to press further and said, "Well, why do these boys have minimal or no father involvement?" And um, I saw that the that the lack of father involvement happened in two areas. Uh, one is boys and, and girls who were the a- outcome of divorce, and in in some some groups after divorce boys had a lot of father involvement and girls did too and these boys and girls just had a small amount of problem compared to the normal intact family but the boys with that were dad deprived I found when I did the research for the boy crisis that these boys were the ones that were really hurting but that didn't account for all of them so I then started looking at any other groups where this was true and saw that um, in the United States 53 percent of women under 30 have children without being married this is, and this statistic was amazing to me 53% of women under 30 who have children had children without being married it used to be 3% and so um, and in this group there was an enormous amount of ch- children that didn't know their fathers that only knew their fathers when they were very young and then um, I also saw a, an enormous group that only knew their fathers for 3 to 4 years um, and that was, and so that account for the great majority of the boys and girls who uh, were born to children uh, born to women who had children when they were under 30 that is the fathers even when the fathers lived with the women when they were married when they were uh, when they had the child uh, he didn't usually last in the relationship for more to, more than three to four years and it was that group of boys that was going to prison that was doing the drug overdoses that was having suicide and so then I began to look at solutions and what you know what families could do what um, schools could do and what um, and also what um, what policies needed to change in the United States because
0: that, the yes go ahead oh go ahead. I wanted to ask you why why is uh, first of all the cultural shrug you talk about in the book that that we we talk about you know you're you're on the board of the of National Organization for women. there's councils on women and, and girls there's all these things but there's kind of a cultural shrug of, as you put it, of men and men's issues and boys' issues. Why is that? Do we just think that they just develop on their own?
1: Well, we're going to have to go deep for this one, um, at the answer to this one, and that is that historically we trained, I, as I started researching boys and men I started realizing well wait a minute you know boys and men they had their own obligations and that obligation we we had our our dads and moms were both training our sons as part of their role to be disposable to be disposable as warriors, and also to be disposable as potential workers um, in the working class um, areas. This is pretty, pretty obvious: coal mines and so on, um, and firefighters um, and uh, oil rig operators. Um, but in the um, but and warriors is pretty obvious. Obviously, the uh, the warrior is trained to possibly give up his life. And when you when you have to train somebody to when your survival, that is the country's survival, when our parents' survival, when everybody's survival is dependent upon somebody being disposable it's harder to get psychologically attached to people that you expect Mm. to die in order to save your life you have an investment in your life being saved and you have um, an investment in these people um, being willing your son being willing to die and you're proud of him if he's willing to serve his country um, by dying and so we we have less attachment to our sons than to our daughters Uh, we have more attachment to uh, our we're dependent upon them um, to, to save us, but uh, we can't uh, allow ourselves to get so psychologically attached to their lives. And then we, we, in the women's movement, we focused on women being, not making as much money as men, and we said, therefore, men have privilege and power and women don't. Therefore, men must be the oppressors and women aren't. And that was a complete mistake, meaning that, you know, when as you as a dad, I'm sure, and uh, thousands of millions of dads all over around you, when they got married, uh, the, most dads gave up doing what they loved to do, like being a musician, or singing in a choir, or um, being an artist, or being something, uh, like even an elementary school teacher, uh, because they realized that they couldn't support two, three, and four children, and uh, often a wife, uh, when they were, um, if they were a teacher only, so they had to become an administrator, or they had to become, um, or the. To quit teaching and sell insurance. And then we in the feminist movement took the additional monies that the dads made, not men in general, by the way. I'll explain that more if you wish. But uh, but dads are the ones that make more money than moms. Men as a, a whole do not make more money than women do. Uh, un, um, non-married men uh, who have never had children um, versus non-married women who have never had children. The non-married women who have never had children earn 170 percent of what the non married men who have never had children earned, but when a man becomes a dad, then he quits the things that don 't earn money and makes sacrifices in what he is in his passion in the hope of having his children have options that he never had yeah. now moms make sacrifices too, and we in the women 's movement we just acknowledge the sacrifices of the moms we didn 't acknowledge the sacrifices of the dads in fact, we did the opposite of that we turned the sacrifices of the dads to earn more money so their children could have more options on its head, and we called that a part of being an oppressor. And that was a really major mistake because it left a lot of boys feeling like, you know, caught between a rock and a hard place. If I, you know, go ahead and I earn a lot of money, um, I'm not going to be appreciated. I'm going to be called an oppressor. If I don't earn a lot of money, now any woman's going to date me because no woman, um, especially if she wants children, no woman mar- who wants children marries a man who earns less than she does um, with very few exceptions and so this is the this is the being caught between a rock and a hard place that many boys feel and they go into high school and college and they're oftentimes you know the boys that i interviewed and their and their mothers especially say you know my son is being told that he has male privilege and male power and that he has um and he's the one expected to take the risks of rejection asking um a girl out Uh, the girl has the option my son's fairly good looking and he's a little bit tall so he gets a lot of calls from girls he's not interested Interested in, but the ones he's really interested in, he's the one expected to take the initiative. They've learned to not do much of the calling, Um, and so so that's all some of what's going on a little bit with our sons.
0: All right, now you um, you say this in your book: Whenever only one sex wins, both sexes lose. Yet, like you said, like you just stated, the narrative today seems to be against men, traditional roles, and almost demeaning tone towards men. So how do you get the message out that we can't just promote one sex without losing the, the battle for both sexes? That,
1: yes um hopefully by doing um um shows like your radio show and and talking about this and bringing this out in the open and of course i've lost almost all my f- feminist friends um by Have saying you really? that. <laughs> When only one sex loses, uh, when, when only one sex wins, both sexes lose, because uh, while they claim that women's issues are family issues, they're not looking at the family side, uh, the full family side. It is uh, an attitude of men of the oppressors and women are the oppressed. And in every gender studies course, I now listen, remember, I've, I've taught gender studies and women's studies at San Diego State, the original you know, place where gender studies was um, started um, in the United States. And um but the the number one sentence that's that underlies all gender studies almost all gender studies courses is that we live in a world dominated by a patriarchy uh, which which has um which which is in which men made the rules to benefit men at the expense of women and when in fact we lived in a world not dominated by a patriarchy but but dominated by the need to survive and if we talk to any of our grandparents or our great grandparents they were not concerned with rights. They were concerned with obligations and responsibilities. Um, and when you know, when boys, when I grew up, you know, I learned, um, you know, you exist, Warren. You exist, therefore, you serve not you exist therefore you deserve and a lot of parents today are are putting the emphasis more on oh sweetie I'll take care of you and I'll protect you and that brings up that brings up boys who do not learn how to serve and um, and that's that's really uh, very sad so we we have really undermined our boys our son's sense of purpose we had in the past we had a sense of purpose which was either to go to war or be the sole breadwinner and it's good that we have released that sense of purpose as being so um um so much like a a, a you know a something that was a real obligation. Um, we have been, there are fewer boys that go to war and there are fewer boys that have to be sole breadwinners just because they exist. Yeah. However, when boys don't have fathers, uh, they do not have a chance to explore who they are as a unique people nearly as much because boys need that, that, that guidance from the father. I also discovered when I did the research for the boy crisis that there was a real um, a lack of understanding on the part of boys as to how to do the single most important thing that led to boys being healthy and happy and that is to have postponed gratification so for Mm -hmm. example um when moms and dads tend to set boundaries the same way. They both say, you know, sweetie, you can't have your ice cream until you finish your peas. And kids, of course, test boundaries to see how few um, peas they can eat before they have their ice cream. The difference between moms and dads as a rule um, is that, that moms are much more likely to sort of, when the child says, oh, I really had a bad day today. Can I just have a few more peas? Mom's empathy is likely to be tapped into and say, okay, sweetie, I'll tell you what, you have this many more peas. Um, Maybe twenty more peas, and then you can have your ice cream. And the kid has ten more peas, and it says, "Well, I had some more peas. Can I have my ice cream?" And Mom goes, "All right, I'm not going to get into a big argument over a few peas. Yes, sweetie. Thank you for trying. And here you have your ice cream." Whereas dad is far more likely to say, um, "Excuse me, we have a deal here. The deal here is to finish your peas before you have your ice cream." And the kid goes, "Wow, you're so mean!" And dad says, "You can continue, you know, whining and complaining, but then there'll be no more ice cream. There'll be no ice cream at all tomorrow night either." Uh, um, and so the child with mother is far more likely to have ADHD um, because it, she or he does not learn to focus on doing what she or he needs to do, finishing the peas. whereas the dads with, uh, so 30% of children raised predominantly by moms have ADHD, whereas only 15% of raised by dads predominantly have ADHD, in part because in that example you can see how the child is, is required to focus on doing what she or he needs to do in order to get what they want to do right. and without learning that they don't get postponed gratification without postponed gratification. They can't finish their homework. They can't rehearse for the, the, the plays they need to rehearse for sports activities um, aren't done. They begin to feel badly about themselves. They don't get as much good feedback from teachers, from parents, from peers. Boy girl time comes and girls don't date losers. They date winners. So they, uh, the boy, the boys then, um, feel that they're left out of the, um, the, the male female tango. Uh, they start getting involved with porn because porn is access to a variety of attractive women without fear of rejection at a price they can afford. <laughs> and they, um, so they get addicted to porn or they get addicted to video games, and the, the cycle goes down until some of them commit suicide or even, in worst-case scenarios, do school shootings.
0: Yeah. Now, I, I want to do um, – I know we've, we've only got about, uh, what, three minutes, Sean? before the bottom of the hour and then i want to keep you but but i have to ask you something uh dr farrell i want to do kind of a almost a lightning round kind of thing with questions because i've got so many questions that i want to ask you and and i i have to ask you just to give me the quickest answer while still answering the the uh the questions can we do that Absolutely, right. no problem. I, when when you talk about uh, when Grandpa grew up, masculinity came and built a sense of purpose into being provided the protector, of the everything. Now you say today, there is a purpose void. Yes. What is a purpose void? Quickly.
1: It's where boys don't feel they have a purpose like being a warrior or being a, um, a, a, a the sole uh, provider and there's no new guidance by the part of the father as to what can be his sense of purpose based on his unique self his personality that's the great opportunity that exists for us for our sons today that never existed before but with a dad void added to the purpose void it doesn't exist for that group of boys either
0: is this why uh, many young people choose gangs because it gives them a purpose it gives them goals it gives them something that they don't have in their lives
1: that's exactly right. So a boy this is especially common from boys who co- grow up in female only mom-dominated fa- families. They go from mom-dominated families to female-dominated schools and they have no role models until, you know, some years later of 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 a male male testosterone beginning to be channeled constructively. So the gang leader says, hey, you know, I'll give you identity, I'll give you respect, follow me. The drug dealer says, I'll give you identity, I'll give you respect, you'll be able to make money too and then the girls will really like you, um, follow me. And so that authoritarian personality, is they're very vulnerable to being taken over by that authoritarian personality that gives a false sense of, 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 of destructive testosterone channeling
0: sounds good. I we we have to go to break. Can you hold through the news and Absolutely. and and I because I've got some other questions I want to ask you and this is Dr. Warren Farrell. He is the author of the book and this is a great book and it's a book that every person who has a son, grandson, whatever uh needs to read. It's called The Boy Crisis. Why are boys? Why are boys struggling and what we can do about it. The Boy Crisis. Dr. Warren Farrell, when we come back.
1: Don't sit this one out. Here's Joe Palmisano on News Talk 1480, WHBC.
0: We're continuing with Dr. Warren Farrell, who is the author of the book, The Boy Crisis, Why Are Boys Struggling and What We Can Do About It. I think it's a, it's a fascinating book. And, and Dr. Farrell, I, I had this question for you. I started thinking about all the things as I was reading the book. Is the blending of genders today, the gender neutrality, the attacks on masculinity, helping to create this death by being male?
1: Yeah, we tend to open up one option, and instead of saying open, here's an, here's an option that you can consider, we tend to sort of make that option be like, that's the superior way. And, uh, and that's really sad because, you know, there are, there are boys and girls who are, um, sort of, Different in their personality than the gender norm, and to give them permission to be who they wish to be and want to be, um, is not a problem. Um, but, but we create an atmosphere here, and especially when it comes to males, that, that says you know if you're if you're a white male, you have male privilege and you have male power. It's your time to shut up, women's time to speak up, and so th- and then we don't then we completely miss the point that men who have been, who have all our lives. The essence of masculinity is when you have a, have a problem, shut up, don't talk about it, don't express your feelings. Winners re- repress feelings; they don't express feelings. And now we're being told by these liberal feminists, um, you, you should exp- you should repress your feelings even more. It's your time to shut up, and women's time women's time to speak up. And that's only reinforcing the problems that the feminists are complaining about.
0: Now that's funny because uh, you're, you're talking, and you have been on the board of the National Organization of Women, which in, in a lot of cases has been known to to be the front runner of saying shut up.
1: Exactly, and that's why um, you know, I feel like the pendulum has swung way too far, as you and I were talking about before the break, when only one sex wins, both sexes lose, and the, the atmosphere recently has been one where um, you know, a girls, the future is female, um, girls rule, boys drool, um, and there's, there's such shame that happens. Uh, there's a fellow named, a young 14-year-old boy named Royce Mann, um, who did a video of that, you know, that went viral viral, um, because it struck such a chord, and his video was, you know, um, I learned when I became a man that I did not want, that that I always wanted to, I learned when I was 14 and I was walking on the street, there was a woman in front of me, and she um, looked behind, saw that she was, I was male, she crossed the street, and I realized that I, a male, am a brother, I am an attacker, I am a friend, but I am mostly an attacker. Well, can you imagine a 14, and because, you know, this video went by, Viral because so many boys identified with this, well, if you take into your high school and your grammar school, even your junior high school, that you are becoming a male, you are ashamed of yourself, and you don't realize that you know the building you are having, you are in school, and was built by males. That you, when you flush your toilet, that you know the sewer system was created by males. That males have created an enormous amount of good in this world, and we are just uh, making them into the devil and the enemy. And as I was mentioning before break that the male is the, the the extra money that dads have made not males in general but dads have made has been used to uh, to give up their passions in order to make more money to create options for the families that has completely been ignored by the feminist movement. And it's so, and as I was as I'm promoting the boy crisis book, it's conservatives that say, yes, for the half a century, we've been saying the family's important and dads are important. Conservatives are listening. Uh, liberals are not.
0: And, and you speak throughout the book. Um, I, I, I... Well, let me go back and and ask this, Dr. Farrell. Schools have eliminated recess. We used to have gym every day when I was in grade school. They've eliminated recess for the most part. They've eliminated playtime, daily gym classes. Is this a mistake, especially for boys?
1: is a huge mistake, especially for boys, and it's also a mistake for girls. The S- Center for Disease Control just came out with a study um, showing that when children are studying for tests, if they have recess time and physical activity the, um, the, every, the up to a certain point, the amount of time they spend in that recess is more effective in uh, l- allowing them to do better on the test than just studying for the test. Um, both both children, girls and boys, do better when there 's a balance between physical activities and sedentary activities sitting down and studying, um, but boys especially benefit from that they need that before they go out and what, what has happened with recess is it's been mostly eliminated and even when it hasn't been eliminated it has been feminized. It has been, um, you know, if, if if you and I are 14 years old and we're playing on the school ground and you called me a, you know, um, oh you you, know, you scholar, you're only interested in writing books, you know, da 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 da, and I, and I tease you and say, well you're, you've got a big mouth, and you're gonna be on a t- radio show someday, and you know, we're, we're jostling each other back and forth and, about that. Well, we, we understand that that's our way of training each other to be able to handle criticism and handle teasing and take and not take ourselves for granted all of but but the teacher today is more likely to say, wait a minute, you two are bullying each other, or I'm bullying you, or you're bullying me, as opposed to understanding that this, that the that the, the commerce of male adolescents is a trading of wit-covered put-downs. And the purpose of that trading of wit-covered put-downs is to be able to help us know how to not take ourselves so seriously, be able to handle the criticism that is a prerequisite to success.
0: That, that's very interesting. In organized sports, things where... You, you talk about the, the difference between organized sports and pickup games. We used to always have pickup games, whether it was marbles, whether it was baseball, whether it was football, whatever. We always had pickup games. We were always competing growing up.
1: Absolutely. And, and
0: kids don't do that now.
1: You're absolutely right. The the huge um, gap in what's been happening with sports is it's wonderful to boy, for boys to be involved and girls, too, to be involved in team sports. It's wonderful for boys and girls to be involved in um, sports like gymnastics where you have to train yourself to work largely alone, even though you're part of a larger team. Track is the same way. But the huge thing that nobody is talking about is pick up team sports. If you and I were to meet on a playground and – you know, we're both um, playing sort of basketball, and I don't even know who you are. And I sort of uh, find out a little bit about who you are, and I see whether I want to play with you. Then you and I have to negotiate: uh, what's the boundaries here? You know, uh, do we play full court? Do we play half court? Um, and, and then we get to we we gather up some other people. These are all the activities. You set your own rules. These are all the activities that prepare you effectively to effectively start your own companies to start startups. And almost at a great percentage of the the advancement in this world has come from the encouragement, uh, the, the boys being able to start startups, uh, companies, and do things from scratch, create their own rules, discover who works best with them, who is, who is a liar, who's a phony, who's a, you know, a false uh, uh, encourager, or pass the ball over to me just because they want to show off. These are the things you discover when you don't have somebody, a coach, guiding you. And at the same time, it's important to have a coach guiding you uh, for for part of your life, too, that helps prepare you for corporate uh, involvement and so on. And so all these, we have to think of sports as being liberal, or a different type of liberal arts. Uh, get your son involved in team sports, get your son involved in uh, sports that require self-starting like track and field, and then also get your son involved in um, encourage your son to go to the playground and discover his own activities, his own friends, and, and create his own roles.
0: And let him go.
1: And And let him go.
0: Don't follow and try and organize it yourself.
1: Yes, exactly. (laughs) And don't sit there and, and watch him do the whole thing. If he gets into a fight or he comes home with a bloody nose, then then go over with him you know what led to the bloody nose what was you know what, what did you notice uh, were the with the red flags was you know were the boys encouraged you to, to drink and did you feel like you needed to drink in order to get along um, and do you know and, and is that the type of boy you want to be hanging out with <laughs> and so the ability of a child to try things on his own and then come back to a dad who's usually a dad also a mom can do this too um, a dad who is um, encouraged gives him the permission to fail and then goes over the process while that child is still a child it helps that child discover if you have to do this over again what would you do differently that's the learning experience we want our children to have um, by risking failure and having failure at a minor level uh, when they're young and, and when I did the research for the boy crisis I found that there are about 10 differences between dad style parenting and mom style parenting and what the children that did best I found were children that had both mom and dad style parenting the protection and the empathy that mom, and the nurturance that moms tend to bring and the, um, the encouragement of children to roughhouse um, and, um, and to be teased and to try to, um, to, to, to try things that they, had, they didn't know that they could do to, when they are, are on a ski slope to uh, they fall down to get up and try again uh, these are all, this dad style And mom-style parenting are meant to be in tension with each other and when moms and dads understand that and talk that through then you raise children that on on the average I found um, do significantly
0: better all right let me ask you real quickly and and we've got to go we've got about a a minute or so left and I I thank you so much for being on the air with me and staying on as long as you did but I, I need to ask you how we go about and and I don't know if you could do this in a minute. It's a long time, but a, a tough subject. But how, how do we go back and reverse, start reversing course and understanding that we've made a mistake. We've gone too far and we got to come back. How do we do that?
1: First, Admit, admit our mistake. Um, I'm standing here, uh, sitting here talking with you now, admitting that we went too far with the women's movement and we uh, we, we became anti-male and that that's destructive. Um, secondly, um, uh, encourage, encourage boys and girls to communicate with each other in first, second, third grade. Uh, the earlier children start learning to communicate and hear each other and see each other as human beings rather than um, just as, as sort of somebody they can believe around, uh, the, the, the more they develop the combination of self-esteem and the ability to uh, respect others. Uh, that is needed for both our girls and boys. Third, um, begin to develop the concept of father warrior, a uh, boy being trained to be a really great father, to be around, to be involved, and begin to discourage the, um, the Murphy Brown idea that a single mom um, can do it all by herself. Uh, some single moms can, but children do not do best when they don't have both mom and dad. And marriage does tend to keep mom and dad more, uh, much more likely to be together to be involved and focus on the children.
0: Thank you. Doc, Dr. Warren Farrell, thank you so much. This is a great book. I would I would recommend it to anyone, uh, especially someone who has a boy. The Boy Crisis, Why Are Boys Struggling and What We Can Do About It. He outlines it all. He gives you all the details of it, and it is fascinating. Thank you so much, Dr. Farrell. It's just, it's
1: just- you ask great questions it's such a pleasure to talk to somebody that's read the book thoroughly "The Boy crisis thoroughly and and then listen so carefully like you do
0: thank you so much you have a wonderful day thank you thank you Bye.
1: and now you get your phone fingers ready it's contest time
0: all right we got to do this quickly we've got a Sean's giving me the the fingers he is telling me we've got about two minutes three minutes left so I gave you the questions earlier. Now I'm going to give you the, uh, or the answers earlier. Now I'm going to give you the questions. And if you get them right, you will win a pair of tickets to see the Harlem Globetrotters at the Canton Civic Center January 31st. And we are going to go to caller number two. What's your name, please?
1: Joe, this is Lisa.
0: Lisa, how
1: are you? I'm good, Lisa. Good. I am mean, good, Joe. Yeah,
0: thank you. I'm not Lisa.
1: I know. <laughs> I'm so excited.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am. Here we go. We've got uh, two tickets to the Harlem Globetrotters.
1: I know. My little boy loves
0: them. <laughs> oh, good. This will be awesome. And here we go. In which American city... Where the Harlem Globetrotters founded? Chicago. Yeah, aren't you surprised at that? I was shocked at that. <laughs> I always thought it was New York City, but but Abe Saperstein named them uh, the Harlem Globetrotters uh, because it was symbolic of the African American co- uh, culture. They didn't go. They didn't actually go to New York to Harlem for a game until 1968. Oh, my interesting. God. Interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. Oh, that is. What future NBA Hall of Famer toured the Soviet Union as a member of the Harlem Globetrotters in 1959?
1: Uh, Will
0: Chamberlain? Yes, Will okay. Chamberlain. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Uh, which Harlem Globetrotter was known as the Clown Prince? He was amazing. Meadowlark Lemon. Yes, you got it, Lisa. <laughs> You, uh, I'm going to put you on hold. Sean is going to take all your information. You can come in and pick up your tickets. This is January 31st, my birthday, by the way. I
1: know. I was going to say, happy my birthday. Ber- you know? I did because Pam was talking about it this week. Oh, she was? Yeah, she said, oh, that's
0: Joe's birthday, too. Okay, good. Wow. <laughs> Thank you, Pam. January 31st right. at the uh, Canton Civic Center. Okay. You have a wonderful day, and we'll put you on hold. Okay.
1: Happy New Year, Joe.
0: Thank you. Happy New Year to you. Bye. All right. How much time do we have? About two minutes. All right, good. You know, the NFL has officially given up. I'm waiting for college sports to do this. Has given up the idea of distancing itself from gambling. The charade is over. And they don't have to now since gambling has been, sports betting has been legalized throughout the country. Wednesday, it happened. When the NFL took the biggest step ever towards fully and openly embracing gambling, the NFL announced that Caesars Entertainment Corporation is the league's first ever official casino sponsor. The sponsorship starts immediately, as in Thursday it started, with the NFL wildcard weekend kicks off. So you can look to see, maybe today, you'll start seeing Caesars Palace, Caesars Gaming and Entertainment Corporation being advertised at the Super Bowl, at the playoffs, all the different things. Seven NFL teams, the Falcons, Ravens, Bears, Colts, Saints, Raiders, and Eagles already have relationships with Caesars, and now the league is getting in bed with the casino company as well. (sighs) Ah. You know, I, I I'm waiting for the for the um, for NCAA to do it. I'm waiting for the Caesars Entertainment Corporation hula bowl. It'll happen. The Fanduel. Yeah. I'm a Fanduel junkie, by the way. I love. Fan, I actually have a game today on Fanduel. Wow, that was loud. Had to hey, wake you up. I want to thank you, Sean, so much again for producing the show. J. David Russ for his news that triggers me and keeps us updated on what's going on. I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening, making this part of your Saturday morning. Happy New Year, everybody. Make it a great week. Make something good happen. Make a change. We'll talk to you next Saturday.